good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and bring you what is new in the Japanese music industry. This is the week of Friday, May 28th of 2021. I'm your host, Luna, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And it is Dos Compadres. And this will be for the time being, unfortunately. So Ken has some family matters that he has had to attend to. And in that period of time, it will just be me and Gray. However, we look forward to having Ken back in the future when everything is, when everything has been settled down. So with that, Gray, how are you? What have you been listening to? I'm good. I've been listening to not too, too much. It's just been one of those lazy we- uh, lazy weeks in, so to speak. And uh, I've mostly been playing video games. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 uh, came out this week, and I've been playing that nonstop. But I'm still listening to Kirari by Fujikaze. I've been listening to that quite a lot. Uh, honestly and interestingly enough, I've been listening to... Kimi to Doko Kae Ikitai by HKT48, uh, which was a song that we both were kind of lukewarm on. Well, I liked it, and I know Luna did, but I, I still have been enjoying it quite a lot. So I've been listening to that, and I'm still listening to Vivid Vice by Huya Extended. So, you know, just a few of the things I've really been high on as of late. What have you been listening to, Luna? So I've been listening to a good amount of stuff, actually. I am still stuck on Crazy Boy with O. Something about that track I just love, and I like Shota Shimizu in it and OZ World. I think they all made a great collaboration. Also went back to I Don't Like Mondays. I've had several of their tracks stuck in my head. One of them is Diamond. I am absolutely loving Diamond. The other one is Lemonade, of course. I always go back to Lemonade in the summertime, and it's just that guitar riff in it, their vocals, amazing. And Tonight, I have played Tonight so many times this week that it's just insane. And it's just such a fun song and perfect for the summer as well. Also went back to some Big Bang, but not going to talk about that. Um, Went back to Paralyzed by Kat McDowell and Michi. And this song came out a couple years ago, and I still love it. It is a great track. Because of the lyrics, it talks about pretty much when you're feeling down and depressed, you know, and that paralyzed feeling you get. It, it, it It's something that's meaningful and is helps you uplift your spirit. So I highly recommend it. Also have been listening to various versions of Kenhide's Hitomi no Otojite because Crystal K, I got her new newest cover album I sing in the mail so I listened to her version of Hitomi Otojite I went back to Ken Hidai's version and I also listened to Benny's version which is in all English and I love that track I cry it's amazing I also have been listening to Imer and Standalone and Spark Again and Torches are the three tracks from her Walpurgis album that I am just in love with the album as a whole is great but those are the three tracks I've had on repeat and my excitement is cream dropped a new digital single on the 21st and i have been addicted to it it's called lovey dovey it is so catchy just everything about the lyrics it's such a fun track and it's pretty chill so i highly recommend lovey dovey i listen to that like all day recommend that greatly also was listening to may j and various tracks of May J's, her newest single, Rebellious, is fantastic. And her older tracks are also very good, especially her Baby Girl album and Garden, my favorite song by her. And Aisha is another artist I went back to, and I've been listening to her Aisha Out album that came out in 2012. Her song, Nothing, Kono Koe Karashite, Vanilla Shake, Electricity fantastic tracks also went back to her other her album with candy love on it pink diamond is amazing candy love shy demo e roller coaster so many great tracks and jasmine's newest track is also been highly played on my list 
And that caused me to go back and listen to a lot of Jasmine's older tracks as well. And I highly recommend Kimiwa Tomodachi by Jasmine. It has a great jazz feel to it. And it's just amazing. So all those are on Apple Music. Highly recommend checking them out. They're also on Spotify or YouTube. But I've had a lot of my playlists. And that's what I've been listening to besides MC and our topic. And... Getting into that, we're just going to bring up a little bit more news. I know we talked about it last week, but we did do an interview with Duo AMPM. They are absolutely fantastic. If you haven't checked out their latest digital single, Afterglow, featuring Kimberly Chen, I highly recommend it. So check out that interview on our site. And don't forget to check out AMPM's music. They are on Apple Music, Spotify, all the digital streaming services awesome duo so please go on our site at www.ongakudu.com to check that out all right and with that we are gonna dive right into today's topic and this was a very very interesting one just because there's so many genres of pop but it but our topic is to someone who listens to female pop what group or artist would you recommend and Gray, I'm going to start with you. And who did you recommend? Yeah, no. For me, I went with a group that I've, I've been talking about for a long time. But honestly, like female pop, it's not a genre I really listen to a whole lot. So I wound up just going with a group that I've talked about a lot of times before. But I get to talk about some songs that uh, you don't get to hear too often. And that's a uh, Little Glee Monster. Uh, I love Little Glee Monster. And... I've liked them for, like I said, a long time. I think, uh, you know, they're very, very talented. And I know they started off as like an idol group, but they've really moved away from that over the past couple of years. And their style has changed uh, to various degrees because, you know, you go back and you listen to their older stuff. And honestly, it sounds like the, I've always said they're like the female version of the Jackson 5 if you go back and listen to their Joyful Monster album. But their more recent stuff, they've really kind of gone in a different direction and they've, they've really been leaning a lot in their, their vocals lately. So for me, I just highlighted three songs that I, again, I think if you're interested in them that you should go check out. Uh, the first is being Ashiato, which is one of their newer tracks, uh, because, you know, you want to get a sense of modern Little Glee Monster. And Ashiato is just a wonderful track. It's very beautiful, and I love it to death. I think it's just a, a blast. And uh, the next song is My Best Friend, which, honestly, for a long time, I think was my favorite song done by them, because it's such a fun upbeat just really energy to the max song there was you know times where i was feeling down and out and you know i would play my best friend to really pump me up and and just to get me in a better mood and uh, another song that i've included is one of my absolute favorite songs and that is shashin photograph there are two versions of this song there's the original and then there is the acoustic which is a no the ballad is a ballad version i'm sorry the ballad version is really gorgeous so this i i picked shashin photograph to show off both sides of little glee monster because the the original is a really fun upbeat number while the ballad is insanely beautiful so these are just a couple of songs that i recommend that maybe if you're like maybe you've heard little glee monster at the end of my Hero Academia or at the front of some other anime and you want to listen to them more. Uh, these are three songs that I recommend everybody check out because like I said, I think they're fantastic. They're amazing vocalists. They they know what they're doing. I think in a lot of ways, like they're really ahead of their, their time. And it's just, I love these girls. I can't wait to see what else they do. And I'm really looking forward to you know, what their journey ultimately turns out to. Uh, But uh, these are my thoughts on Little Glee Monster. Luna, I know you're also a huge Little Glee Monster fan. Uh, What would you like to add to this? I think Little Glee is a 
great choice for female uh, pop group just because they have such a wide variety of music and not to mention, I mean, they have the vocals to back it up. And like you said, with their Joyful Monster, it is very poppy and not in a bad way. You know, it gives you that American pop vibe and it's because they they are so good at harmonizing and you really get that feeling from them. And that's one of the reasons I I really enjoy them. And not to mention, can they do that cute pop that's really cheerful and bring your spirits up? But they also pull off great ballads and acoustic tracks because of their vocals. And I, I feel like with Little Glee, they could really dive into other genres. And which is why I like them is they bring that pop flair to other genres and bring it in because of their voices. And they have something for everyone, to be honest. I mean, I think Ashiato is probably one of my favorites by them. I love their ballads and I think they're just phenomenal. And I think I also really enjoy Cheshire Photograph. I forgot how much I really like that track, to be honest, because it's been quite a long time. And Cheshire Photograph is a, a great track of theirs, I think, that really shows their spirit and the poppiness of their music, which I enjoyed. And they have, I mean, they have a good amount of albums. Like, I really like Yutol by them as well. And I like a lot of the covers they've done, too, because they are very good with their covers. And I feel like they make it their own. So I honestly think Little Glee is a great place to start because they have something for everyone in their music, to be honest. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned covers because they, they do. They do a lot of covers and they cover both American music and Japanese music because uh, like we were talking about the other week, you know, they did a cover for Jupiter and I, I love their cover of Jupiter. I think it's really good. It's almost an acapella song because it's halfway through the song before the music kicks in. There's, there's a long time where it's just the girls singing. And so I, I actually never liked that there's music like i really wish they would have committed to it being an acapella number but it is what it is i still think it's a fabulous cover of that song and i think they did it justice but yeah they've also covered it can't take my eyes off you one more yeah. time one more chance which is a very popular cover so i mean they've done such a variety so much. Um, and that's yeah. that's a big reason that I recommend I recommend their music is you'll find something one song by Little Glee Monster you will like yeah agreed so for mine I went a little different route than Gray did so Gray did Little Glee Monster who's more uh you know a girl group and I do got a question for you because I was thinking about what made you choose Little Glee Monster and how did you get into Little Glee Monster as well? Uh, yeah, well, I was trying to think of a female pop group that I, I listen to on the regular that I would work for this topic. And Little Glee really was about the only thing that fit. Because like I said, this this really isn't a genre of music I tend to listen to a whole lot. Like I do on the occasion. But, you know, I, I fall into more like the idol pop and all that than I really do just like a, for lack of a better phrase, uh, general pop. So th th for me, like Little Glee Monster just made the most sense. And yeah, uh, is actually the show that got me into them. Because I remember in the beginning, we had to, we, shortly after we started the podcast, they dropped their Juice album, and that was back when we were covering both the singles and the albums, and I had to listen to their Juice album, and I wound up really liking it. And it was funny because I felt like an idiot because I had – the first song on that album is Dakara Hitoli Janai, and that's the second ending for My Hero Academia. And I was watching My Hero Academia at the time. And for whatever reason, I had started listening to this album and I had listened to the first track and I couldn't figure out where in the world I had heard that song. And I was watching like My Hero Academia, like season two, three hours beforehand. So I felt like an absolute moron when I looked it up, but I wound up listening to their whole Juice album. 
I wound up listening to the whole Juice album when we were covering the albums. So I just really discovered I liked them. And then I went back and listened to Joyful Monster and fell, fell absolutely head over heels in love with that album. And uh, this is how I, how I discovered them. I, I, I have the show to thank for it because without the show, I don't like, I, I might with like a track or two, but I wouldn't love the group the way that I do. It's good to know. And it's another reason to check them out. I mean, see just listening to a few tracks by one artist can really make you dive in and love their whole discography or just love them in general so so with that i'm gonna go into my artist who is not only solo but a different type of pop than little glee is and that is ayaka and all lowercase because there's a lot of ayakas out there either you see it all lowercase or you see it all uppercase. So Aya was, when I first got into Ayaka, it was all lowercase. And she also has a certain kanji that she goes by. And the first track I actually got into is her I Believe. However, I'm going to go into a little bit of why I would recommend her. Is one of the big reasons is she's actually been in the music industry for quite some time. Since 2006, which is about a year or two after I really got into J-pop. And she got her big break with her debut single, I Believe, which topped the digital download charts with over 1 million, view- 1 million lessons. And I Believe is the first track I heard by her, and I was around for her debut, and I remember I Believe debuting. And it was a big deal of the record she broke. And the reason why it broke so many records is Ayaka showed her deep, powerful vocals, and she also has a raspy voice that mixes in with her powerful vocals and it really moves fans and people like me with the compelling lyrics as well. And hearing I Believe, I still remember how I felt about that track and the first time I ever listened to it. It had a huge impact on me and not just me, but I can tell Ayaka's career in general as this really pushed her as a front runner and she stuck with me ever since then and I've followed her career for quite since she began pretty much and she became a popular vocal contender after I believe and released many chart topping hits that include like uh, a lot of ballads such as Mikazuki is another big one that has pushed her worldwide and it's been covered by many other artists and it all, she's also done an English version of it as well. So it just shows that her impact has had a music on not just Japan, but worldwide. And that makes her a, a great singer to check out. But I also recommend it because of her, her vocals, her music. Like she leaves a very, she, she's, she's a very unique voice that sticks with you. And you could tell the impact she had is, like I said, Mikazuki was covered and popular singer Charisse ended up covering that because that Mikazuki had an impact on her and she did an English cover of it. And that just, you know, gives you that warm feeling seeing, seeing artists cover another artist. And Ayaka has that. And not to mention, does Ayaka just do ballads, but she does a lot of upbeat pop tracks such as Clap and Love, Start to Zero, Melody are three I highly recommend. Clap and Love is such a fun track and it showcases her vocals at the beginning. And even though they're deep, just how powerful they are and the control she has over them. And Clap and Love is a is a very pop track where you just literally want to clap your hands to and you want to dance to. And even though I usually go for more Ayaka's ballads, Clap and Love is fantastic. Start to Love is another great like pop rock track that you really get the feeling in it. And not to mention like tracks like those. Also, Ayaka's had some great iconic collaborations over the years. And one of the big ones that you hear at karaoke a lot is Winding Roan with Kobukuro. And that is a one that even... Even though I didn't listen to it constantly, I know all the lyrics to that track. It is very memorable. It is beautiful. And I absolutely love it. 
And one of my favorites is Hard Up with Daichi Mira. That track is just fantastic. And Glory with Kriva is another amazing one she's she's collaborated with. And I mean, looking at Ayako's career, she started off with Warner. She later switched to A-Station. And hearing just the amount of impact her lyrics have, they're memorable, they're uplifting. Peace-loving people is one that always uplifts me when I'm down. And it, she just has this ear-catching sound about her. And due to her deep voice, a lot of people wonder, like, you know, you, you, you see a lot of pop artists with deep voices, but they don't always leave a big impact on you. I feel like Ayaka really does. And that she's also inspired a lot of other artists, too. So I, she is one I highly recommend. As she has ballads. She has uplifting tunes. And they all stick with you. And you remember her as an artist. So, great. I'm curious to hear what you think of Ayaka. Because I know you're only familiar with Hard Up with Daichi. So what was it like diving into some of her other songs? Yeah, no, it was a wonderful treat because you, you're correct. That was really the only song that I had heard by hers. No, that is a great song, but I had listened to that because I was a Daichi Miura fan, not an Ayaka fan. And I've heard you talk about Ayaka a lot through the years as we do the show because I know you're a huge fan of her. And I, like I said, I was really glad you picked her because I was able to go back and listen to her. And you can definitely hear just how powerful her vocals are. She's a really talented vocalist. And it really shows that the staying power that she's had in the Japanese music industry to still be around and to still be pretty relevant uh, as far as releases go. So I I think it was a lovely trip. Uh, I really enjoyed songs like I Believe and really enjoyed songs like Clap and Love. So that to like she has like some really good songs and I, I wound up really enjoying her. And like I said, glad glad you picked her. It, she has one of those discographies where it, it's kind of a shame she's been around so long because like, I don't know when I would have time to, to dive into that expansive discography the way that, honestly, I would want to. Also, it's a shame that she's had a couple of record changes. And so even if you really fell in love with her, like her Apple Music collection is not her, not the breadth of her discography. It's just what she's currently signed under. It's so her A-Station time. Anything under yeah. Warner is not listed. So Warner Music, all, all their stuff has been removed. Yeah. How long was she with Warner? She was with Warner for, oh my gosh, uh, 206 to 20, a little bit before 2012. So about 2011. I want to say it would really so be about more. Six years. It would really be 2009 was her last release technically under Warner. She started with, she started under, if I'm correct, there was, she was Indies for a while. She came back in 2012 under an indie label for the beginning. And then she went under Major a couple years later, which actually was her newest album, which was um, 30 years, 30 years old. But her last real release under Warner, hmm. It was technically, Warner pushed it. They released a Best Ballad collection in 2012. They really pushed it, and that's technically when she was signed with her label. So she was with Warner for quite some time, and the unfortunate thing about her her not with Warner anymore was you lost I Believe, which is one of her most iconic songs, in my opinion, because it really changed me and my life so but she actually left Warner not because they dropped her it was because she was actually diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and she went on an indefinite hiatus to focus on her health and then later on she made a comeback in 2012 under her own independent label and then later she moved to a station so for her she did it for her own health but still seeing that not all her music is actually on Apple is unfortunate. However, you can get it pretty reasonable. I mean, like, it's not super pricey if you do want to buy it. But I, she doesn't have a ton of albums, so her discography is actually pretty easy to get. She only has five studio albums. Or you could buy her, like, Best History album that covers her early, her first two albums. So that's the nice thing about Ayaka. She doesn't have, like, a ton of ton. 
And I think it's pretty easy to catch up on her discography. It's just the availability is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Uh, one question I did have for you is I know that you have a lot of concerts for a lot of the artists that you've followed for a long time. Do you happen to have a live concert for Ayaka? Yes, I have several. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? Oh, that's really hard. Uh, let me go to my shelf, which I'm kind of staring at. I want to say it's probably her first message tour or it's her MTV Unplugged. So she is amazing live and her voice actually sounds deeper live than on record, which I love. And she is very fan involved in her tour. So she will get like up there, talk, you know, talk to the fans, have them sing with her. Peace Loving People is one of my favorite live tracks because she sings with the fans the fans sing with her and you really feel the love from the audience and from her so I just love watching her live I also own a couple of other tours but those are my two favorite and if you get a chance to check out some of her live performances which are on YouTube you do have to look up her name in kanji but I recommend it because she's an amazing live performer and her songs are not to be missed. And the ones that are available on Apple Music currently are fantastic. Her newest album, 30 Years Old, is available on Apple. Along with her two recent cover albums, the Yuan First and Second Grades, and her covers are really good too. So I do recommend checking out what you can find. Great. I do got a question for you. Out of all the tracks of Ayaka that you were able to check out, what were your fate? What which one was your favorite and why? Clap and Love, I think, was probably my favorite because that one's more my speed. That that's more like usually what I'm looking for in music is Clap and Love. But I believe it's a really beautiful song and a strong debut. So. Uh, it would be one of those two. I, I would say clap and love just a little bit more because, like I said, that's that's more my speed. That's more what I listen to when I sit down and listen to music. So I would say that one. I had a feeling it was, and that's one of the reasons I picked it is because I feel that it's a more upbeat pop song and that one I knew would be more your speed, but I feel that it also would be more people's speed who likes that same tempo. And it's one of those good tracks yeah. that if you like uplifting music, Clap and Love is a great track. If you like ballads, I believe in Mikazuki. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed her and got to check her out. So hopefully you'll get to check out some of her her actual albums at some point when you get some time. Yeah, that would be really nice. So and I, I greatly wish if Ken could be on here because I love who he picked and I'm very, very familiar with he picked. So when Ken is able to join us again, we're going to revisit this topic and he can talk about his artist, who I'm not going to say, but it's one that I was actually listening to a couple weeks ago. So I'm very, very excited for when he is able to join us again. All right. And with that, we are going to move on to our music corner. So our music corner, and this was Ken's pick, however, I'm so glad he picked this group. And drum roll, da 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 da. It is Homecomings. Homecomings is a four member multi gendered rock band that formed in 2012 from Kyoto. So they met during their college years, and the band made a splash in the indie scene with their music, which, com- which comprised with like fuzzy filled compositions, bittersweet dream pop melodies with beautiful vocal harmonies and were tipped as the next breakout indie band to watch out for by several pop culture media sites. And I completely agree with this because if I heard them back then, I would think the same thing. So due to this and the fame they got, it brought eyes to Pony Canyon sublabel Irori Records, which they made, they actually are making their major label debut from in 2021, which they have, and we will discuss that. So a little bit about some of their musical style is they pretty much, you can, they were inspired by prior industry legends such as Asian Kung Fu Generation and I can never say this name, Kururi? Q-U-R-U-L-I. 
And I'm familiar with their music. And they're fantastic as well. And you can hear the inspiration Asian Kung Fu had on Homecoming's music. And they definitely bring that flavor. So Homecoming's keeps the Japanese indie spirit strong with songs like Cakes, Hurts, Songbirds, which blend very well with the indie garage band feeling and also that nostalgia and mid-2000 memories. Their vocalist Ayaka Tatamino's vocals does a very interesting thing, uh, both standing out at times, but also fuses perfectly with their amazing compositions. Even though they're not the most energetic or mellowed out band in the scene, Homecoming's makes up with it with the perfection of their craft as they have a very unique style emotionally and throughout their lyrics, especially ones that were sung in English during their early years, which gave them a little bit of more punk band in that way. And you hear that, you just hear all the emotion they put through that. So... And I will say they have some great songs. So Homecomings, I greatly enjoyed them. I They were a group that their early career, I was very miffed on because of the use of English. So I was debating on are they rock? Are they punk? I'm, a, I'm, I'm not confused, but I'm very iffy. And then diving in from their early career and hearing what they've done now with Moving Days when they started with Homecoming With Me is one I started out with. Going from that to their latest album, Moving Days, was very interesting. And I will say their two latest albums, Way of Living and Moving Days, just I fell in love with. Not to say their older albums weren't good. I thought they were very impactful. Although I loved seeing how far they have come as musicians because I was very iffy on their early albums. I don't know if it wasn't really the use of the English and you do feel that emotion in their music. But part of me, it was also some of the compositions felt a little off. But when you got into Whale Living, you can tell they really got the feel of what they were doing and songs like Hold Down. Lighthouse Melodies is great. Blue Hour, Songbirds. I just, you really hear them coming into what they're doing best and what they're doing now. In Moving Days, their major label debut album perfected that. Their track here is one of my favorites. I know Ken loved Cakes. That's what got him into Homecomings. And I also love Continue, Blanket Town Blues. Herge was fantastic. I think their whole Moving Days album is not one to be missed. They had a very impactful, on me at least, and going through their discography and listening to them was just very pleasant and very interesting. But great. I'm curious to hear what you thought of them. Yeah, no, Homecomings is a pretty interesting group. And yeah, I can kind of hear that uh, Asian Kung Fu generation influence in there a little bit. The, to me, they're a little bit more laid back than Asian Kung Fu. But they're pretty strong. The vocalist, I think, is probably, for me, the standout. Ayaka? Yes, Ayaka Tatamino. Yeah, yeah Ayaka Tatamino. She, she's the standout for me. I think her vocals are really good. They, they, she does a really good job of matching her vocals to the composition. And that, that's definitely one of the standouts and the strengths. But uh, they, they had like a couple of songs that I really liked. They were a little they were a little hit and miss with me, but there was a there was a couple of tracks that I really liked. Uh off of their Moving Days album, uh Moving Day Part Two, I thought was a fantastic song. Uh Herge was pretty good. Blanket Town Blues was pretty catchy. Here was pretty solid. Cakes is okay. So yeah, their their later stuff is, is pretty good. So uh if you're looking for like a laid back rock band i think this is a good group that i would recommend definitely if you're looking for like a laid back rock feel uh homecomings is perfect oh i i agree and i understand what you mean about hit or miss they were a, they were a little bit of a miss for me in the beginning when i started off with their older music but once i went into their newest album moving days and then i went into there from there and I went down, I think I warmed up to them, and I ended up liking them. But they're, I agree, they're a very good, like, laid-back 
rock band. They have some good guitar riffs, and I think I think uh, Yuki Fukutomi and Ayaka Tatamino, she also does the guitar, did a great job, and I just greatly enjoyed their their music and their style. So I highly recommend checking them out, especially with them just making their major label debut. So currently, Homecomings has three singles, four EPs, and five uh, five albums throughout their career with their major labor debut, Moving Days, just released. And be sure to check out the band's official website, Twitter, and Instagram, along with the lyric video for the track Herge on our website. All right, so we are going to move on to our favorite, well, kind of our favorite, it is the Oricon. So this was an interesting week, a little, I will say it's interesting despite the lack of releases. Same, same. It, it's definitely, it, it, it was a light week as far as like new releases go, but the ones that we are going to talk about are... They mix it up quite a bit, so it'll be fun to talk about when we get to them. Oh, yes, I completely agree. So, first up, we have Yorini Kakeru by Yao Sobi. And, big surprise, still on here. Hanging in there pretty well. It sold a total of 23,571 points. And moving on to Kurakura by Twice. I am very glad to see Kuda Kuda still on there and it is going down. So we might not see it next week, but if you'd like to hear initial thoughts, you can check out last week's episode. We discuss it quite greatly and Kuda Kuda sold a total of 24,027 points and moving on up to Odo by Ado and Ado is still hanging in there with Odo. Glad to see her on there. And you want to hear initial thoughts, you can check out a couple episodes back. And Odo sold a total of 24,555 points. And moving up to... I, I'm not surprised it's still on here, but it's finally going down a little. It is Take a Picture slash Poppin' Shaken by Need You. And that sold a total of 24,803 points. Very close to number eight. And moving on up to number six, it is Dry Flower by Yuri. I'm glad to see Yuri still hanging in there. Very good to see. Looking forward to more new releases by him. And Dry Flower sold a lovely 25,088 points. And moving on up to number five, it is Kiradi by Fujikaze. I am so glad to see Fujikaze still on here. I know, Gray, you're still listening to Kidadi, and I am as well, so I'm sure we contribute to some of these numbers. And he's also on our own Gaku Go, so if you haven't checked out those on our website, do that, because we talk about Kidadi on here as well. And with that, Kidadi sold a lovely 26,064 points. And moving on up at number four, we still have Moskoshidake by Yaosobi. You can check out our initial thoughts on Moskoshidake on last week's episode. With that, Moskoshidake sold a total of 29,662 points. And moving on up again, have another one from last week. It is Kaibutsu and Yasashi Suisei by Yaosobi. Still hanging in there and going up. It sold a lovely 34,853 points. And finally, moving on up to number two, and got something new. It is Butter by BTS. So I'm just going to say, I already knew Butter was going to make the charts when the I got the notification when the music video premiered. And of course, I watched it. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is going to hit the Oricon and it's either going to be number one or number two, depending on what it's up against. And here we are with Butter at number two. And this is just digital and streaming. If there was a physical release, I have a feeling BTS at number two would be fighting with our number one and it would be very neck and neck. So, Gray, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Butter, because I know all of us at OTY are a little bit hit or miss when it comes to BTS. Uh, yeah, Butter, it's a very interesting track, and 
it's it's a little different from a lot of their Korean stuff. It almost sounds like uh, the perfect track that's in between Korean and Japanese music styles. And because you get a little bit of the Korean flavor, but it's not so much that it's off-putting. And it, it's a pretty catchy song overall. I've listened to it a few times. Each time I like I listen to it, I like it a bit more than last. But overall, it, it's a surprising track. I think they does a really good job. It's pretty catchy. It's got a great rap in the middle of it that really just sells it together. And and yeah, it's it's good. It's definitely a fun dance number. And to me, this is the kind of dance that I enjoy where, you know, it's a good melody that's upbeat and you can really enjoy the composition as a part of it. And it's not just thumping. So I I did, I I wound up liking butter. I haven't hit the plus sign. I, I don't know if I will or not. I'm still debating. I don't think I will, but I might, but still overall, I think it's a great song. And I think BTS done a good job on this one. I haven't watched the music video yet, but I wonder if there's a lot of butter in it. There's some great dancing. Some great. They got great choreography in the video. Okay, I, I guess I'll check it out then because I'm, I'm always a sucker for good choreography. They have really good choreography. So I, I really enjoyed Butter. And this was one I wasn't sure. Following up Dynamite is very difficult. And I know last one, the last one that followed up Dynamite was actually Film Out and it was a ballad. And I I thought Film Out was fantastic, but I think Butter is a great dance track. It's fun. It is more on the Western side. And in a way, I have a feeling it's actually geared more worldwide than just K-pop or J-pop. But Gray, you make a great point. It is that perfect in-between of K-pop, J-pop. And I think that's what they're going for to try to hit that worldwide audience and branch out them doing a track not only in all English but also doing a composition that fits everyone and it's not to this or to that and Butter does that. I still like Dynamite more. I'm just gonna say it. I think Dynamite's slightly catchier but I think Butter is fantastic. The rap is amazing. I enjoyed the rap quite well. I think their composition for Butter fits well with the track. The lyrics are really catchy and easy to sing to. And I think their vocals match it as well. So this is, I think BTS has been, lately it's been hit for me. I mean, Dynamite, Film Out, and now Butter. So they're starting to win me over. I like that it's more poppy and it's not your pop and lock, but you can still dance to it and have fun. And that's the type of BTS I like. And they also show their vocals in it, too. They can show they're not just a one-trick pony. They're not just this pop and lock band. They can do a lot of different genres. And I'm glad we got to talk about Butter. I do have a feeling it's going to be on here for quite some time. Just no, just with the popularity that BTS, not just popularity, the success they've had throughout the world lately. So I'm curious to see where this will be next week, if it'll be higher or lower. But I want to say good for them. Just with streaming and download downloads, Butter hit a total of 80,621 points. And seeing what our number one is, I'm not surprised because number one just murdered everything, annihilated it. But good for Butter with number two. So we're going to go on to number one, which I am not surprised it hit number one. It is Magic Touch. Slash Beating Hearts. It's a double A side. And it's by King and Prince. This is super interesting. And Gray, I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this. Because this ain't your typical King and Prince. Yeah, no. This is a very interesting release by King and Prince. And honestly, if you had just played this song for me on the radio without telling me who sung it, I wouldn't have told you King and Prince. Because this is not a traditional King and Prince song. Magic Touch isn't at all. This this is this almost out BTS BTS uh the BTS song. It's very Western. It's very much more of a club dance number uh, with a really solid rap in the middle. I do like the rap. I think the rap is really what clinches this song for me as far as liking it goes. I'm I, like. I'm still debating on how much I like it. Do, like, do I kind of like it? I I know I will tell you I don't love this track, but 
you know, I do like it. I think it's very interesting. It is King and Prince branching out. They're doing something new. And you can really hear that. And, you know, I think it's good for them to, you know, stretch their wings a little bit and, you know, see what they can and can't do and see what they can get away with. And, you know, I think this was a huge success for them. And I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to see too many tracks in this style done by them because I think there's a lot of club numbers nowadays. And I, I think doing a club dance track just makes you kind of blend in more so than anything else. I think if they want to stand out and really stand out, they need to go with their more traditional Johnny style. I, I hate to say that, but that's just the the music market that we're in. And so, like I said, I don't mind them doing this on the occasion. And I don't think that honest, obviously this is going to be a permanent genre, like shift in their style. But it was something interesting, and I'm glad that they did it. It was a very interesting number. That was Magic Touch. Beating Heart is also pretty interesting. The music video is only two and a half minutes long. You can tell the YouTube edit of it on Universal Music Japan's YouTube page isn't the full track. They It obviously cuts out. But what's here is really good. It is definitely, it's got a really good bass line. And honestly, the bass line is what makes this song work. But it's a lot closer to a more traditional King and Prince song. So you do have two releases that, you know, you, you kind of get two sides of the same coin, I guess is a good way to put it. Because this is another fun dance number. But again, this is more closer to traditional King and Prince and yeah, I think both songs are really good overall. I can see why it did the numbers that it did. And it'll be interesting to see what their next release looks like. I I wonder if they're going to I, I wonder if they're gonna stay more traditional or if they might actually go into the down the magic touch lane, so to speak. So I, I'm interested to see what they do next. I, I it'll be fun either way. But overall I think this was a good release. So I'm very curious of that as well, if they're going to go down the Magic Touch route. I was not expecting this. And I I always listen to King and Prince when they're in the charts. I do love Cinderella Girl. So hearing Magic Touch surprised me. I had to take a second look and make sure I was listening to the right group because it didn't sound like King and Prince. I honestly thought I accidentally clicked on a K-pop, like, uh, k-pop boy group or a like exile group that was my initial thoughts did i click on the wrong artist while i'm scrolling around on youtube because i've done that then i looked i'm like oh it's king and prince okay we're going with this and i will say this i like that king and prince ventured out and did something out of what they normally do i would never expect them to go this magic touch route where it's a dance R&B type of track I mean it's not your typical poppy king and prince it goes in that western style route which I think they did very well and very tastefully and I know I'm super hitty on some some of the pop and lock type tracks the dance tracks but I think the way king and prince did it was very well done their rap was very good their vocals were good I thought the composition matched with the track as well it was just that jarring notion that oh my god this is king and prince i'm very shocked and it took me a while to wrap my head around it but i like that they did something out of their normal scope because it shows they're very versatile as far as beating hearts go this was a lot more poppy than magic touch and I liked it. I mean, it had a good feel to it. It had a great composition. Their vocals were good. I felt like the track that we were able to watch on their YouTube channel was too short. Just like you mentioned, Gray, it needed, you know, another 30 seconds. And I do feel that way because it was under three minutes. So, but I enjoyed it. I, I don't know what when I say I like more. I will say Beating Hearts was a little more King and Prince, but still not, while Magic Touch was completely jarring and shocking, but in a good way because it showed their vers versatility. So all in all, I think this is a solid release and it's King and Prince showing that they're not no one-trick pony. 
they can do different genres and dive in. And I love that they're showing a more Western style with a showing, hey, we can do this too. Look at us. And it worked for them. And you can tell by the numbers, it definitely worked. I am just looking forward to their next release. Like you mentioned, Grace, seeing which way they'll go. Are they going to go the magic touch style? Are they going to go back to being what they were, your male pop idol? Yeah, and 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 I will say, like I don't like I said, I don't mind the pop and lock stuff. Like I think it's good that they stretch their wings and see like how far they can fly. I I do think that that's good and it's healthy for them to grow. But like I said, I think there's so many groups that are doing that, and I really think King and Prince could be a really good vocal group if they really put their heads to it. And so I would like for them to go back more in like that vocal direction because that's that's the style of music that i personally prefer but yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do i'm i am i'm also curious if they released a number like this because it is close to the olympics that's supposed to be starting up in the next month and so having a more western style track on the store shelves might have more tourism appeal, so to speak. Because I still think, well, I don't know what Japan is, where Japan's state still is. Still on lockdown. How, oh, they're they're well, still in lockdown. Tokyo is under a state emergency again. So they're still in lockdown. However, I could easily see, even if the country itself still has a travel ban from a lot of areas, King and Prince yeah. still should be could be showcased during the Olympics if it happens. And yeah. you look at that, it gives them good international appeal doing a track like Magic Touch and getting their name out there too. And the all the competitors are still coming in. So you you'll still have an influx of like tourism as far as because the the comp- the competitors will will definitely still be on site for the the Olympics. And as far as I know, they haven't canceled it yet. It's honestly so close to when it's supposed to happen. I think they would cause a lot of problems if they canceled it at this point. So I, I imagine it, it's still going, even if they are on lockdown. So I, I think with a more Western style song, like maybe like if there's a Westerner in the shop and they hear this, they might be more drawn to it. So that's just my just a thought I had. Just wanted to throw. And that's if a lot of the the people going over there, the competitors are allowed to shop. Just, oh, that's true too. Just because of things I've read. I've read a lot of things about it. But with that, I think also King and Prince doing a track like Magic Touch is a good way to compete with groups like BTS, Monsta X, and many other boy groups that are really going for that Western style. And I mean, even Exile. I mean, you look at all the the Exile spinoffs like Jason Sandame Soul Brothers. You got Exile Tribe. You, you know, you got Exile Tribe and like all these other branches of Exile. I mean, I feel like King and Prince has a lot of competition in general. And a lot of those more dance-centric groups are getting big appeal right now with the style of music they have. So I feel like King and Prince doing something like Magic Touch is also a way of saying, hey, we can do this too. And we can be just as good as you at it. And not like a in-your-face thing, but just showing that, hey, we're able to do this style. We're not just your one-trick J-pop pony right here. Which, you know, I, I don't know if they'll continue with the style, but it's good to know they can do it. And they can appeal to a lot more Western audience or international audience, let's put it that way. Yeah, and it, it is smart to it kind of acknowledge your competition and kind of go after them because if you just ignore them, they'll eventually overtake you. So you, you got to keep your high ground. And I think, uh, like I, I do think um, a song like magic touch is smart and it does showcase, uh, like I said, a different side of them. Like you didn't know, I didn't know they could rap. Like <laughs> you learned that in uh magic touch and like, like they can rap. They're, they're good at it too. They're damn good at it. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do next oh i completely agree and this was cd only and the numbers it sold so magic touch slash beating heart sold 463,795 points and this was all in physical form 
that shows that one, the music industry is still doing very good over there CD wise. I mean, maybe years ago I could see it hitting a million, but currently with everything going on today, hitting over almost 500,000 copies in CD format alone is pretty darn good. And I commend King and Prince for hitting that amount. And just imagine if this was downloaded and streaming, I have a feeling it would be double. Same. All right. So with that, we are going to actually peer over to the album side and just kind of see what they have going. And I'm actually very excited to see what's on here. I mean, we got some new, somewhat new tracks like, uh, oh, 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 Peta. Aopeda by Lidu Happy and Fam. And that's number 10. That's a new one. So we got BTS with B. We got Bando Janaimon Max Nakayoshi with Banmon Best. And they look like an idol group. They've done very well at number 8. They're new. We got Momoiru Kurobazi with ZZ's 2 at number 7, which is new. Still got Itzy on here with their new mini album, Guess Who? Got Pastel Palais with their title Idol album, which is new. Glad to see that Fujikaze is still on here, that is on here with his Help Ever Hurt cover album, which is number four. And that's, that's one of the new ones. It looks like we got a Husbando group with the album Black Star 2. And it's just various artists, so it's a lot of the seiyus just compiled into one. The one I'm excited to see on here, but I also wish if it would have sold more than it did, which is Lisa with Ladybug. And it only, that hit number two, which is still pretty dang good, but it only sold about 34,381 points. I honestly thought being Lisa, Ladybug would have sold way more than it did. I did buy a copy. I pre-ordered it and I pre-ordered the, the, the goods edition. But I got to wait till next month because I added it with something else. So, but I'm glad Lisa made it on here. She's number two. That's still good. I commend her and I'm happy for her. And NCT Dream still took the spot with Hot Sauce NCT Dream Volume 1. And that's our number one at 40,000, about 41,000 points. So good for them. They're doing very well. But the albums is very interesting and you can tell the singles is where it dominated this month. This week, I mean. So with that... We would like to tell you to make sure you check out our website at ongakutu.com and also be sure to follow us on Twitter at ongakutu along with Instagram and Facebook. We also want to give a big shout out and thank you to all our affiliates. We're going to start off with Kyoru Hunter, who is a Twitch streamer who mainly goes into the horror games and retro games. Uh, he's going to be starting to stream some of the Sonic games, if I'm correct. Uh, fans had their choice, so we are looking forward to that. And you can follow him at twitch.tv slash kyoruhunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. And you can also check out our affiliate, Timber Taft, who is a Twitch, not only a Twitch streamer, but a singer in his own right. And you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timber Taft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out my sister, Rosalie, who has been streaming Monster Hunter Rise, and she is going to be streaming some Pokemon Snap. She also, I gave her her PSP back, so you might see a PSP game she's going to start streaming soon. I mean, you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And last but not least, you can check out Fangirl Has, Fangirl Has No Name, who has been going through all of Final Fantasy VII. No spoilers, this is her first time, so be good when you join her. And you can follow her at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. And lastly, don't forget our regular host and our friend Ken. And you can follow him on Twitter at otyken one O-T-Y-K-E-N-1. And don't forget to check out the podcast that Kyo, Timber, Fangirl, and Ken do called Potasaurus, where they discuss various ga video games along with what's going on in the gaming industry today. 
You can check out that on all podcast streaming services by looking up Kyoru Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. And with that, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed and had enjoyed your time listening to it. Please let us know if you have any suggestions, feedback, or anything. We'd be appreciated to hear it. And with that, Gray, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. All right. And so you can follow me on several platforms, such as Twitter, Anime Anime Planet, My Anime List, Kitsu, and Letterboxd at LunaMaria87. Or you can follow me on Instagram as NerdyCollectorLuna. Mainly I post about my cat, what movies I'm watching, horror movies, and Destroy the Brain stuff. And with that, we just want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode. We greatly appreciate your support. Please let us know if you have any any feedback or any suggestions, anything you'd like to give us. But again, we thank you for everything. Hope you have a great rest of your week and we will be back next time. Jamatane. And this is great. Look forward to having you guys right back here next time. Bye bye.